Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. If there is one symbol of history and culture that represents the strength that pride possesses, it can be the mirror. If you recall the Disney classic Snow White, the wicked witch makes a demand at the mirror over and over. As long as she is receiving the answer she wants to hear, all is well. But when the mirror gives her a truthful answer, the witch goes into a rage, and unfortunately, Snow White becomes the target of her resentment, but more importantly, a target of her pride. Mirrors, they can be dangerous tools of the enemy if we are not careful. The good news today is that God wants each of us to grow and to become all that we can in and through him. God wants to move us from pockets of pride and into healthy spaces of humility. The self-confidence that God wants for us is rooted in the truth of who we are and who we can become through Christ Jesus. Mirrors are used for many things, but we must remember that we are God's best work created and grounded in God's image. We are valuable and we matter to God, not because of what we think we are, but because of what we do to continuously reflect the ways of Christ. In 1988, the most critically acclaimed song, Man in the Mirror, peaked at number one in the United States. It was nominated Record of the Year at the Grammy Awards and topped the Billboard Hot 100 for two weeks straight. Later, the instrumental introduction to the song was played at the end of Michael Jackson's service while his casket was being carried out, followed by the appearance of a spotlight shining on a microphone. I believe that was Michael's last plea to us his greatest lesson to us through music, to think about our own lives and to be brave enough to make changes for ourselves and for the world. Through song, Michael compelled us to begin transformation beginning with the person we see in the mirror. Not the robber, not the evildoer or the adulterers as we hear from the Pharisees today, not our neighbors, not the man we see laying in the streets. Michael asked us to take a look at ourselves in candid and open ways so that we might reflect the image of God in all we do and in all we say. I believe he left this earthly place still believing in God's people as the key to cure the ills of the world by simply looking at who we are and at how our lives add or diminish in building up the kingdom of God for all people in all places. Michael's song still teaches us the importance of mirrors in our lives, but he suggests the most important use of mirrors is a self-check. 
What do we truly see when we look at ourselves? What do we ignore? What are the things that we really don't want to see? And if you're like me, there are many. As our parable opens today, we find two men somewhat standing and facing the mirror. They are actually two men standing before God. The Pharisee is viewed as the good guy by occupation. When we compare him to the tax collector, the perennial bad guy, Although there were many lines which divided the two, the biggest difference between them was the objective of their prayer to God. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, while the tax collector sought God with fervor. The Pharisee addressed God in his prayer, but his focus was on himself. I can imagine him praying with elegant words, looking to the heavens, so that anyone watching would be convinced that he was spiritual and holy. And then there was the other man in the mirror before God, who would not even look it up at heaven, but instead would beat his breast, proclaiming and acknowledging his sinfulness. His prayer may not sound like much, but in seven small words, it drips with humility. Let us not mistake his words and his conversation with God as words without meaning. The publican is open and honest as he begs for God's mercy. And Luke's Jesus tells us this is the man who goes home justified. Not because he prayed in the proper manner, but because it was the prayer of a broken and humbled heart. The prayers of the Pharisee were word-laden in pride, and from both James and Peter, if we recall, we know what God thinks about pride. God opposes it, but it is grace which God offers especially to those who are humble in heart and in spirit. Prayer, open and sincere, it sounds simple. We go before God with honest hearts and minds, we stand in the mirror and we tell the truth. Our prayers don't have to be theatrical, just straight talk to the real God who knows and loves us and created us. The prayer God is listening for is an authentic prayer. God doesn't want us to be something we are not. God doesn't call us to be a Maya Angelou or a Barack Obama. God just wants us to be women and men who are honest enough to take a look in the mirror and admit that we have doubts and fears and sin and unending questions about life. In our prayers, God wants us to be transparent and admit our shortcomings. God wants us to stand before the mirror of life and to simply know and trust him. Both men prayed in the parable today, but they differed. The Pharisee's prayer was addressed to God, but in some ways he was praying to himself, about himself. The Pharisee was asking for God's will to be done. The Pharisee was asking for his will to be done instead of asking for God's will to be done. Even for us today who hear these words from long ago, some of these words may sound a bit arrogant, a little conceited, but if we are truly looking 
at the mirror of our own lives, we too know it is not hard to have a high opinion of ourselves sometimes, and of course, no one here at Trinity. For the Pharisee, pride stood in the way of an unanswered prayer. Pride can cause us, my sisters and brothers in Christ, to see wonderful traits and attributes about ourselves. But when we step away from the mirror, what do others see? When pride dominates our thinking, it causes us to lose clarity and can cause us to believe that we are something more than others, something maybe better than others. Unchecked pride can become dangerous. It can often make us spiritually blind to our own sin. And maybe our egos may become so inflated that we cannot see our own shortcomings, which stare us in the face. And the danger in recognizing our spiritual blindness is that we often view things from our own perspective and not God's perspective. When pride rears its ugly head in our lives, it infects and distorts our vision and our purpose. It can lead to somewhat of a self-fulfillment theology where we make assumptions of what God wants us to be as we maybe chase after goals that God has not set for our lives. More importantly, when we look in the mirror through the lens of pride, we sometimes can become a bit judgmental, maybe look down at others and not see our own faults and struggles. When pride gains a foothold in our lives, the true light of Christ cannot permeate the shadows of disillusionment. Our brother Luke wants us to remember today that the focal point of pride is often more about superficial things and less about candid observations of our progress into holy discipleship. One of the phrases used in the 12-step program is that others develop a way of living which demands rigorous honesty. This sounds a great deal like the tax collector's prayer. It sounds like a way of living which is pleasing in the sight of God. May we each be reminded that we must be willing to release pride and love of self in order to allow a sweet and holy grace to flow throughout our lives. May we look at the woman or man in the mirror today and be willing to accept and make changes in our lives, changes which reflect the grace and mercy of God, changes which continuously build up the kingdom of God. Amen.